T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, Happy Monday. Uh, as you may be able to tell, I am uh, out of the studio today. Uh, out of the studio, actually, all week. So Jeffrey will be, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing most of the show every day. But, uh, but I might pop in and out here and there. Um, because I, you know, Jeffrey, when I decided that I wasn't going to write sports columns, Every uh, every day anymore, every week anymore. One of the reasons was I could slip off. <laughs> I could I could now slip off, and so I in fact have slipped off. And uh, I will be doing the show uh, all week long, uh, but I'll be doing it from the day bed on the lake. So that's where I am uh, up in northern Michigan, where it is a little where it's a little nippy, but otherwise lovely. It is a uh, it's a momentous day. It is, of course, Yom Kippur. I uh, hope those uh, who are uh, who are recognizing Yom Kippur are having an easy fast. Um, it is the last week of baseball. Um, it is uh, exactly one week before the Grizzlies report for Media Day next Monday. It is Ryder Cup week. Uh, the screenwriters uh, evidently have settled their tentative agreement to end their strike. Um, and let's see, 901 FC has qualified for the postseason again. And of course, college, 
And pro football absolutely going crazy. We will uh, today do the fight song roundup. We'll do that in the next segment where we'll recognize those schools that deserve to be recognized for their efforts over the weekend, and we will uh, dishonor. Uh, we will uh, one that what deserves to be dishonored. We'll do that in the next segment. Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock a week uh, from Media Day and the Grizzlies. And then and then after that, we'll probably talk about the NFL. Jeffrey, I have, before I get to the Memphis Tigers, I do want to talk about that game uh, in St. Louis here in the first segment. I want to ask you this. The biggest sports event of the weekend, and I will give you three choices, okay? Here are the three choices. The biggest thing that happened at a uh, at a sporting event this weekend one the miami dolphins scoring 40 points in an nfl 70 70 70 points did i say 70 70 points you said 40 they 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 scored another 30 yeah scoring 70 points in an nfl football game um it is freaking astonishing more than 700 yards of offense Two different running backs, four touchdowns a piece. They ran for 350 yards. It, I mean, the, the the each of the stats. No wonder I couldn't get my mind around the number because the number is crazy. Washington in 1970, in 1966, scored 72. And honestly, they could have kicked a field goal to break the record, um, but they stopped. They stalled at 70. Oh, by the way, without Jalen. Correct. So. Uh, Miami, 70, Denver, 20. That is my first offering for the biggest sports event of the weekend, the headline sports event of the weekend. The second headline sports of the weekend, also a route, Oregon, 42, uh, and uh, Colorado, 6, 42 to 6, as the Dion, uh, the Dion experience reached a little bit of a uh, – We'll call it a speed bump. Honestly, I think I don't know you expected it to look exactly like this, but we did think this is when um, this is when uh, it would it would come crashing to a halt. Not that the entire Dion phenomenon has come crashing to a halt, but um, this is what a lot of people expected. Something that looked something like this it became even more colorful uh, because of the way that it unfolded. But that is my second offering: Oregon crushing Colorado. Uh, to put an end to the uh, at least to some of the euphoria over Prime and his time uh, at Colorado. And third, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift making appearance at the Kansas City game. Kansas City throttled the Bears. Bears could well have the first two picks in the draft. Let's Indeed, they could. Bears and Bears have their pick, and they have Carolina's pick. Uh, those teams are a collective 0 and 6 between them. Kansas City 41, the Bears 10. Bears have now lost 13 straight. They trailed 34 to zip at the half. Justin Fields bad again, 11 of 22, 99 yards, a pick and a meaningless touchdown, garbage time. Um, but big news there. Uh, we had earlier heard rumor that that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were a thing. Well, now she is going to his games. They left the stadium together in a mm-hmm. black convertible. Um, Jeffrey, rank the three sports happenings. Uh, what was the biggest of the weekend? Okay, so is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, that is the biggest story, but is that sports adjacent or is that sports? I'll be honest. It's clearly, it, well, I, I, it, it, it is 
I guess it's the biggest story in that more people would, if you're saying worldwide, you offer three headlines, the, right? The, the, One headline. Jeff, the internet is, was like the internet was broken right. yesterday. It, it it is it is bigger. You get more clicks on that headline and those photos than you do on the Dolphins or Oregon, Colorado, right? Correct. That's clearly true. But I'm going to disqualify it. I, okay. I'm just not. It, it's not. It's three. It's three because it was a crappy game, and it just you just you. But there's Taylor Swift, you know, like a lot of time. And it, 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 no, it, it wasn't even. I guess it was significant Taylor Swift news because people care deeply about who she's dating. I just am not going to count it. I don't think it. What do you think? No, I, I don't. I don't think of it as a sports story. I do think of it as like sports adjacent. Well, it involves it involves an athlete, but the story is not a sports story. But like I don't know. Like coming off of the Super Bowl, we talk about like what is the biggest thing? I I, I just I'm I'm gonna. I think we have to put that aside. I will put. Well, it I aside. do think we also are forgetting because. The pandemic happened. Taylor went away for a while, for the most part. Like she kind of like stepped out of the limelight. We are being reminded of like her dating life used to kind of be a revolving door. I think we're getting back to that, and it's like eh, we're, we're, we're now we're now like. But it's it, it's it's a revolving door at a time when she is bigger than ever. Correct. More massive. No than question. Ever. Like the, I'll be honest, I have never particularly paid attention to her dating life and now I can't avoid it. Right. And so even for me, uh, non Swifty, um, I, I am much more aware of her dating life because she is now bigger than ever. And, and of course now it's crossed over in sports too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just take the other two. So Rank the I other think two. we'll talk more about them, which is, which is the bigger thing that happened. The dolphins breaking the scoreboard or uh, Colorado breaking Dion. So I'm way more fascinated by the Dolphins breaking the scoreboard for a couple of reasons. Number one, I mean, a team putting up 70 points is quite the statement. Like we we've been talking about it the first two weeks. How man, the Dolphins, if those guys like if they actually do stay healthy, that offense feels that offense feels as powerful as any offense in the entire NFL. But there's also another side of the argument, which is like, what's up? Like, is this a Mike McDaniels upset that the Broncos didn't interview him? Is this the Broncos quitting on Sean Payton or Russell Will? Like Jeff, you have to work really hard in the NFL to get beat by seven, like by 50. Even if that's happened though, like, Every other, any other team in the league could have quit if that's what happened, and the the team the opposing team would not have put up seventy. Right. You know, like that. There's there is it's so I think to me the difference between the Colorado and I I'm with you. I actually think the Miami thing is bigger right now. But this is the Monday after the bigger the Miami thing is bigger than the Colorado thing. But I think that's because. I mean, A, you've got the advantage that the NFL is bigger than college, right? Like the Dion broke through and, and, and made college and made, you know, they, they were getting NFL-like numbers. He brought in eyeball, He brought in casual yeah. eyeballs at a rate so, that we've never seen in college football. But 
I think the reason that I'd say the Miami thing is bigger is, well, A, it's the start of something rather than the end of something. And the Dion isn't, again, Dion isn't the end of something, but it's the end of, my God, are they going to win the national? Like, if anyone was going there with it, right? Like, yeah, if, if you were someone okay. that actually believed that Colorado yeah. was some type of playoff contender, this was the reality check. The reason why I think... It's hard to get too, too just... It, it's hard to... Ex- con- madness, pandemonium, euphoria, whatever it is, is hard to... Uh, maintain in the face of that kind of drubbing, right? Like it's, it's, I mean, typically that type of, that type of loss basically eliminates you from the playoff. I am still willing to accept that this could be a, this could be a really nutty year of college football. And so theoretically, if they were to run the table, they're not going to like, this was a reminder of if you were someone that thought this was like a playoff team, this is not a playoff team. They could still be a good team. We're back to they can win six games and get to a bowl game. Yeah. Like that, that's sort of what we're back to. Which and would so, be an unbelievable accomplishment. Unbelievable accomplishment. Unbelievable accomplishment. Um, and what he has done in Colorado, sold out every ticket. Like, yes. Again, none of this is to diminish anything. But in terms of where, This team won where, one freaking game last year. We don't see that with, type of improvement. Whereas with the Dolphins, it's like... It's this. It's not the start of something because they've been good. A, they were good when Tua was healthy last year, and they were good, you know, in the in the first the start of the season. But like now, they appear to be a Death Star, and so we're like, holy crap! Plus, by the way, they play the Bills. Uh, they go to Buffalo and play the Bills this week. So we are going to be. Did they waste too many points though? Endlessly about that. Well, the Bills, who who who. Uh, you know, uh, nine sacks yesterday, right? So nine sacks. And they reminded everybody that, that why Sam Howell yeah. was yeah. a, a fifth-rounder yesterday. And that they're, still, and that they're yes. still pretty good. They may, not be, they may not be Dolphins good this year, but they're still pretty good. And so we are going to hear a lot about that this week. We'll talk more about this. I think I mean, it's weird to say it. Like, in terms of what was big on the Internet, does it go Taylor – Dion, Dan Lanning, which we're going to get to in a minute, and then the Dolphins. I think if, so. If just because, internet rankings. Because right? the other problem with the with the Dolphins Broncos game was you had to have Sunday ticket to see it, and then no, on top just, of that, because score, right? because they scored so many points, Jeff, the game like the game went to like almost four central, and by that point there were the there were the reports of Taylor being at the game, and then the internet had shifted its focus to that. Well, it was a uh, it was a remarkable sports and sports adjacent weekend for all of these reasons, and we'll revisit some of those, including Dan Lanning's rant uh, and Ryan Day's rant and other rants. We'll do that in the fight song roundup. Uh, of course, um, from the Memphis perspective, Memphis travels to St. Louis and uh, plays admirably, plays well, loses thirty four to twenty seven to Missouri. Uh, obviously, they got Boise State coming up this Saturday. Um, Missouri covered. Uh, my reaction to it and uh, was this was another example. Like the columns that I well, it's no fun to write. It's no fun to write a column saying so and so should go right. Whether it was 
when I ultimately wrote that RIP should go or when I ultimately wrote that the price should go or when I ultimately wrote that, uh, that R.C. Johnson should go or that Larry Porter should go or whatever else. Like those columns are no fun to write. You're, you're writing about someone's career. But the column, but the truth of the matter is by the time I wrote any of those, it was so obvious that that's where it was headed and it was it, as I, the columns wrote themselves. The columns that I disliked the most, and one of the things, as I said, I'm not going to go to every game and write sports columns in my life anymore. One of the things that I really was looking forward to was not writing any moral victory columns um, because those are dreadful. Like, A, you have to really – there aren't many – there aren't many moral victories that actually feel like victories, right? There are some. There, There are some. Like, uh, 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 there was, when, when I wrote about Memphis in the Cotton Bowl, and I wrote about the whole experience of Memphis at the Cotton Bowl, and not just the game, like that, yes, they, in the end, got beat by Penn State, but that entire experience felt like something triumphant. Yeah, that's a and, celebration of, of a, a celebration season that was well-deserved. Yeah. Like, you, you had already, the season had already occurred. Like, and that's a right. celebration. Like, that that's... That's a reward for that was a reward for the type of season. It did include the game. It yeah. did include the game. There was a uh, there was a uh, very famous uh, Harvard Yale game, which ended in a tie, and it the headline in the paper was Harvard beats Yale seventeen seventeen. Yeah, um, because I think that that was the score. I don't know, but um, last minute. It was the other way around. I don't even know who won. That's how much I care about Harvard football. Anyway. I think Harvard beats Yale 17-17. Brian Dowling, whatever. Anyway, so um, tied last second, ended up as a tie. That's a tie that's a moral victory. There's not many moral victories that actually feel like victories, right? And so you're trying to say, hey, they gave it a good shot, you know? And let's be honest, no one gets excited about they gave it a good shot. I'll give you a moral victory, so... My Al, shout out to my boys picking up the the first ever win against Innsworth. How about that? First Absolutely. ever win on Friday. It was the most chaotic, awesome football game. But a couple of weeks ago, we played Macaulay. And Macaulay is a boarding school in the in Chattanooga. And they yeah. have players from like Jeff, they have like players from Toronto. Like they are recruiting from <laughs> like I'm not kidding. They have their their SID was telling us that on the bus. Just out of nowhere, you'll start hearing guys speaking to each other in French because they they have these French Canadians, and they are unquestionably the most talented team in the state. And we played them at home a couple of weeks ago, and we'd had some some big wins, but there was still kind of the idea of we don't really know how good we are or how good we aren't. But we knew the team we were playing that night, like that was the standard, and they popped us early, and then we kept coming back, coming back, coming back, and we had the ball with a chance to win at the very, at the very, very end. We lost the game, but we did, at that point, we recognized, like, okay, we, we are as good as some of these other teams that we thought are way better than us. Like, that is the type of moral victory where at right. least, like, you know, like, okay, we are now at the point where we can compete with everyone else on our schedule. Well, and in that regard, and by the way, yes, congratulations to MUS, which beat Endsworth uh, over the weekend. And uh, so shout out to everybody. Uh, go Owls. Um, there have been games. I mean, honestly, when Memphis 
went to UCLA in under Justin Fuente and ne- and nearly beat UCLA on the road. Yeah. Um, that game was a loss, but it announced something important about the team, which is holy crap. Second year was a struggle, you know, whatever else. First year was okay. Second year was a struggle. This actually might be real. Paxton might be real. This yeah. and you know, and and so I guess all right, fine. There are moral victories uh, out there. I do concede that there but are. But I moral think victories. there are fewer than actually get attributed as moral fewer victories. You know what I mean? And and with all due respect, I don't know that anyone's even making the case. Yeah, that's Saturday, fair. Saturday was not a moral victory. It was. It was not. It, it wasn't an embarrassing loss. It was perfectly. It was a personally. It was a perfectly dignified loss. Uh, Missouri covered. You. Can, I guess if you want to make the argument that oh they were a recovered onside kick away from what away from having a chance to tie that they probably wouldn't have pulled off like you know they would have had to pull off the onside kick then they would have had to and the truth of the matter is it was a perfectly respectable effort by Memphis I thought it was and uh, listen this is a team if you look. Last time Mike Norvell took a team up to Missouri, got their ass kicked. Missouri team, but still got their ass kicked. Memphis did not get its ass kicked. Um, and Memphis, let's go back. To, everything is still in front of them. That's yes. all, like, whatever. They can beat Boise. They can, they can win the conference. I think they're – I, I do think it's, a, it's Ryan's best team. It appears to be Ryan's best team. But they just – I mean, Missouri's better. I mean, in the end, Missouri's better. Um, I mean, and in particular, when, in particular, it was the big plays of, uh, you know, Luther Burton was like big play after big play after big play. They had too many big play playmakers and Memphis did not make it. Memphis had Blake Watson, who was pretty good, but let's be honest, ran for 2.6 yards to carry. Rock Taylor had a bunch of catches, but isn't explosive. Um, they've got Marquise Johnson and Luther Burden just, you know, and Memphis couldn't answer that. Like, in the end, they had, as you would think at an SEC school, they had better playmakers, and they were much better at running the ball. They, 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 in the end, particularly at the end when they needed to, uh, they just they, they, they jammed down Memphis's throat. 200 rushing, 201 rushing yards to 83, so you've got that. Plus, you've got the big plays. It wasn't honestly like they, they were better, which is which is not embarrassing to say, but they were just better. It wasn't particularly – there wasn't really a moment when I thought that Memphis would win. Yeah, I mean, to me, Missouri puts up 431 yards on 17 plays. And whenever you are in a game and you average five yards per play and your opponent averages nine yards per play – you're going to get beat. Like the weird things have to happen, but right. I th- I think I think the thing that it was a reminder of on Saturday was m- most likely Missouri is the best team that was left on your schedule and you did not look overwhelmed, you did not look embarrassed and not everything is still in front of you. I think that was the they, reminder. They were not they were not overmatched. They were not overmatched in the slightest. Right, they, you um, lost to the team that was better. But at the same time, you did not look like you, you looked like a good AAC team. Yes, you looked exactly. like a good AAC team. That's what you looked like. Um, I mean, you're exactly right. Like Brady Cook, by the way, did play. Of course, uh, that was unfortunate. <laughs> better, better off had he not. 18 of 25 for 341 yards. So he had 18 completions for 341 yards. That's nearly 19 yards per completion. Like they're just, they just couldn't cover those dudes. 
and then they and then they could also pound it down your throat. Um, having said that, you know Memphis kept, um, you know they'd fall behind by two scores, they'd immediately drive back and get another touchdown. Like I, you know, Seth wasn't perfect. By the way, he had two picks. That second pick was he had to throw the ball. He was on fourth down. He had to throw the ball. So I don't really fault him for that. Beautiful toss on the first touchdown pass. Yeah, the corner um, out. Yeah, the corner out was like beautiful. Yeah, over, um, and that was a great catch. That's a tough catch. The over the shoulder catch, with the, with the, the defender throw. on you. Absolutely, it was. Um, so I thought it was. It was. It was not a moral victory, but it was a perfectly respectable performance that did uh, remind you that um, it's a pretty good Memphis team. I don't know if it's an electrifying, you know, once in a generation special Memphis team, but it's a pretty good Memphis team that could win the rest of its games, right? Yes, I think that's entirely yes. I think I think you saw the best team that was left on your schedule, including Tulane. They uh, they will they are favored. I think at the lines two and a half against Boise. Um, likely will not be favored against Tulane, but it'll be close, right? I mean, depending on what happens, I imagine. Um, and then might be favored to win every other game of their schedule. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't imagine that you're going to be anything more than like a three point dog. Right. So. I, it, not a moral victory, but but it affirmed that I think it's a it's a pretty good Memphis team, and um, seems to be cohesive, tough minded, all of those things. It was obviously not a uh, not in any sense of the word was it a uh, neutral neutral field. Um, Tim Buckley, who was there for the Daily Memphian, he read his column over at the Daily Memphian, uh, pointed out how loud it was. Obviously, it was the end zones, the 50, all of that was Mizzou, Mizzou, Mizzou. Um, so perfectly respectable effort by the University of Memphis. We will talk more about the other uh, local teams, and we will honor those teams that deserve to be honored. We will do that next. Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock. And then we'll talk more about the NFL. I'll remind you, this is a fine time to snap into action with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's right. A $5 bet, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do is pop over to FanDuel, official betting partner of the NFL. Type in Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S. That's the code. FanDuel backslash Calkins, C-A-L, FanDuel.com slash Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S, to unlock that offer. Bet 5 bucks, get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older and present Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem called Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. That Harvard-Yale game, Jeffrey was 29-29. Our listeners uh, know what they're talking about, and uh, someone informed me of that. We're going to take a break, come back, we'll play the fight song roundup. We'll do that next. Jeff Dawkins, show 92.9 FM ESPN. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides 24-7 compassionate support and connection to trained counselors. When you call, text, or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The lifeline works. You are not alone. For 24-7 support, just call, text, or chat 988. At Staples, you can count on every project being print perfect, guaranteed. I need invitations and posters printed, and they have to be perfect. I need beautifully bound booklets and presentations for my business. Your invitations and booklets will be in captivating color and will be done right every time. That's Staples Print Big Promise. And right now at Staples, get $50 off your print purchase of $150 or more. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends 1014. Exclusions apply. See associate or visit staples.com slash print for details. Welcome to the Continental. From the world of John Wick comes a Peacock original three-part event that takes us back to 1970s New York. The Continental. This institution wields power beyond your imagination. Let's take this house and everything that comes with it. The Continental. From the world of John Wick. Streaming now. And away we go. Only on Peacock. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides 24-7 compassionate support and connection to trained counselors. When you call, text, or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The lifeline works. You are not alone. For 24-7 support, just call, text, or chat 988. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Medi Sadegi. Of course we do. We have been for years. Visiting the Smile Center makes going to the dentist actually a pleasure. Teeth well taken care of for and it is a delight. 
to go see him. He and his clinical staff have all been vaccinated. You can go see him for yourself. Just call 309-1333, 309-133, located 1941 South Germantown Road in Germantown near Saddle Creek. Visit SmileCenterMemphis.com. Don't miss the 2023 Mempho Music Festival, September 29th through October 1st at Radiance Amphitheater in the Memphis Botanic Garden. Featuring the Black Crows. My Morning Jacket. Turnpike Troubadours and many more. The 2023 Mempho Music Festival, September 29th through October 1st. Tickets on sale now. See the full lineup and get your tickets at mempofest.com. I'm Tony Kornheiser and this is my show. What, you expecting something different? Whether you're looking for deep, insightful dives into the day's top sports stories, that's why we have guests, right, Nigel? Or simply how to get changed for 100. You'll find it on the Tony Kornheiser Show. From football picks, from the best prognosticators in the business, including a monkey, to real-time baseball playoff analysis, to traffic in an area where you don't live, we got you covered. My friends, come on, and you know them. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Majestic Grill might just be that one place that can be everything to everyone. I'm not the person who first said that about the Majestic Grill, but I think it's absolutely true. It's the place to go for a downtown business lunch, and it's also the place to go before a show at the Orpheum. And it's also the place to go to sit at the bar and have a cheeseburger, and it's the place to go for a date or a special dinner out. So swing by their beautiful restaurant at 145 Main Street. The Majestic Grill is a slice of Memphis history The Denny and Patrick Riley have filled with a warmth that is hard to describe and harder to resist. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming to end. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot, so you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Ford sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at RedRiverFordToyota.com. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Hawkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Do you want to celebrate the uh, last of the baseball season? Regular season baseball. If you want to celebrate Memphis 901 FC in the postseason, if you want to uh, celebrate uh, each one of the Dolphins 70 points, if you want whatever it is you want to celebrate, they got 25 cent mar- 20, 25 cent martinis Wednesday at Bounty on Broad between five and six. You could probably drink a couple of those for 50 cents between five and six on Wednesday. 25 cent martinis on Wednesday at Bounty on Broad, but any day is a great day to get to Bounty on Broad. Food's delicious. The atmosphere's spectacular. The pork belly confit is my new favorite dish. I wore you out talking about the fried oysters. And the fried oysters, as good as ever. Delicious. Honestly, if you go sit at the bar, it's also Wine Down Wednesday on Wednesday. So you get half-price bottles of wine, half-price glasses of wine. But whatever. Get your martinis. 
get the oysters, get the pork belly confit, and uh, thank me later. It's finally on Rod, beautiful restaurant, 410-813-12519, Broad Avenue. Jeffrey, let's do the Fight Song Roundup. Yeah, this is the Oregon Duck Fight song. They play for wins, not clicks, baby. Oh, wait, it was Dan Lanning who said that. Jeffrey, do we have the clip that has some people really all ticked off? Dan Lanning before the game. Uh, and this was played over and over and over again. Not as much, not as many uh, Dan Lanning sightings as Taylor Swift sightings, but it was big all day Saturday. Jeffrey, do we have this audio? We do indeed, Jeff. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass, right? It's gonna be played on the grass. Let's go. Jeffrey, did that offend you deeply? No, I mean, it's a pump-up speech for his team. I mean, yeah, exactly. What is, the, what, what, like, I, I don't really understand why people would be offended by that. What, what is what is the cause for offense? In it, 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 this is true. You know, all eyes are upon you. You know, Dion's getting all the attention. You know, Dion's getting all the clicks. It's not that Dion plays for clicks, but what yeah, he plays for attention. Like, that's part of their. That's part of their. Say like, what you, you you say what you. It, you're firing up. I suppose there are things you could say that would offend me in firing up your team. But if, you know, Jamel Hill was defending uh, Dan Lanning's uh, rant. And, uh, and, and so, as she said, coaches have been known to feed live puppies to their team beforehand, before, uh, I mean, before games. Come on, man. Kirby if, Smart if you, convinced his team that nobody believes in them. Right. If you're offended by this, I really can't help you. Dan Lanning... Uh, is uh, and by the way, I, I don't to say it worked. It might be a little strong because they're the better team. They were better on both sides of the ball. You, you can you can add a quarterback. You can add skill players. It's hard to instantly create offensive defensive lines, and that's what we saw. And they were just a dramatically better team. And yes, they were dialed in. They were one hundred percent dialed in. And I do not uh, have any problem with that rant. Dan Laney, of course, once interviewed him for the Memphis job, didn't get it. Uh, Ryan Silverfield got that job. Bo Nix, 84.8% of his passes, 28 for 33, 276 He yards, did throw his first pick of the year. Touchdowns. He did throw a pick. He did throw a pick. Uh, seven sacks, 23 pressures. Uh, it was uh, it was a one-sided affair. Shadour was in hell all day. He was in hell. Uh, and it is funny. I was reading some some scouts, you know, analysis of Shadour now in the wake of this performance, and they said uh, they were they were moving him down the draft board because he fades away under that kind of pressure. He doesn't step up into that. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're was, supposed to step up to. I don't know where you're supposed to step up to. There was not much of a pocket to step up in. Well, then on top of that, like to me, the other big deal is, okay, yes, a lot of people point out, well, there's no Travis Hunter. 
The problem is, like, nobody was open. Like, he was just sitting there waiting for someone to break open, and that's been that's been kind of his MO all year, and just no one got open, and then eventually, like, he would just get taken down. He's been leading the country in, like, amount of pressures and quarterback hits all year. Like, it, the difference was there was just no one open. The only problem I had uh, with this speech was we're going to go win it on the grass. They don't play on grass. They play on turf. Creative license, Jeffrey. Yes, of course. Creative license. Um, anyway, that was that one. Next. Mike Norvell and Florida State got it done in OT, beating Clemson for the first time after seven straight losses. I was thrilled to see it. Jordan Travis very clearly is banged up. Yes. But was uh, gutty. good enough. Gutty as hell. Well, gutty. I think we'll call it gutty, Jeffrey. Yes. And made the big throw to Keon Coleman, who's awesome. Uh, absolutely awesome. Playing with the 37. 289 yards, two touchdowns. No, Clemson isn't ranked. Clemson, it wasn't. It, it, it was still cathartic for Florida State. How seriously now do you take Florida State? I think they're definitely a playoff contender. I do not think they're a national title contender. Like I, I, I think you saw they are very thin defensively, and to me, this whole game, this whole game, kind of flipped on the Clemson's got the ball in like midway through the fourth quarter. They're in scoring position. They're getting ready to go up two scores. Adam Fuller dials up a pressure. Clemson does not block it properly. You get the sack fumble, return yeah. for a touchdown. And those are the types of plays that you need, though, sometimes during this kind of during the type of season where, hey, you go on the road and you didn't play your best game, but this is now two weeks in a row that they have found a way to make a play late. And I still don't think that. They're like title good, but they're definitely playoff okay, who, good. That's an interesting question. Who is title good? At this and point, are all the teams in the Pac-12? Are they all in the Pac-12? I, I, I exaggerate, but like Washington's title good. Washington, Oregon's title good. I mean, the question with Washington is: Is Washington doing what LSU did in 2019, which is they? They leveled up on offense last year, and now they are putting it all together because that offense is just an absolute freaking wagon. Right. So it is. I mean, it kind of it's kind of remarkable what the Pac-12 is doing here in, the, in their in their swan song. It's it it, it, it does. I mean, let's be honest. It doesn't sadden me. I don't care. Go through the day moping about it, but it's certainly bittersweet. We don't have it wasn't a particularly momentous win by you know it wasn't over some other ranked team so Washington is not included in our uh, in our uh, fight song roundup but I think they could be the best team in the country. Who else? Who is national title good? I think Georgia is still national title good. Georgia and Michigan remind me of kind of the same thing right now where they've not been tested so they're just in cruise control. Right. But they still have. All you, of the, believe, you believe in them as a national title. I good. believe in their talent. I think Ohio State is probably in that category. Um, and that's kind of where it starts to, after that's where that's it starts it. to. That's it. That's all you're doing. You're doing, 
because I don't believe in though, USC's defense. I'm I'm willing to Oregon? accept it. I'm willing to. I still kind of. I think Oregon is going to have problems when teams can really throw it on them. Like Oregon's going to have the same problems against Washington that they had last year, and that's a road game. I mean, the other yeah, thing though in this game was uh-huh. there was some coaching malpractice by Davo. Playing for a field goal with a with a young man that was moving to New York City to start his career on early in the week, and then you bring him right. you bring him in. Playing for that field goal was ridiculous. And then third and one, and I understand Dabo was upset. It was a RPO, and Klubnik made the decision to throw it out. But it's like you got to get one yard, and they'd been pretty good on short right. yardage rushing, and you like that was Clemson worked really hard to lose that game. All right. Who is next? Who's hey, back, baby? Okay, they're not back. But I'm going to ask you this, Jeffrey. Is this game say more about Alabama or say more about Ole Miss? I think it said more about Ole Miss because I still like Alabama to me is still kind of what I thought they were going into the weekend, which is that defense is legitimately extremely good. Like it's a national championship caliber caliber defense, but you just see on offense, they are just so limited. And the difference in this game was Alabama on offense had the personnel to hit a couple of big shots and win the game. Ole Miss, when they had to, when they had to try to make big plays, have their receivers make big plays, like they just couldn't do it. Yeah, so it was interesting. They, they neither team ran the ball on the other. Well, they they so they struggled to beat. They struggled with Tulane's defensive line, right? We yes, saw that. No question. And so then, what the hell are they going to do? And then we saw it again. They could, they, 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 you know, Judkins had 13 rushes, 50, 60. And I they couldn't protect the, either. Yeah. And so you, you've got the off. And, and again, we saw it, some foreshadowing against Tulane. And then you take that into Alabama. And, uh, and this is what you get. Um, Lane apologized on Twitter. Uh, for the loss, disappointed obviously in the loss, and uh, where are we right now on Lane? So um, finished last year one and five, and uh, obviously three and one start to this year, but a disappointing loss to Alabama. Alabama, if you're going to get them, it's never easy to beat Alabama. Certainly at Alabama, but this was but a gettable Alabama this team. This was a gettable Alabama, and you didn't get them. They're off the schedule next year, um, and. He makes nine million bucks a year. The thing that was interesting to me was he very clearly thought they were going to go into this game and win. And I don't know if he underestimated Alabama defensively. I don't know if he overestimated his offense. But I just thought it was a very weird game plan. Like typically, when you see Ole Miss play, their first script, like the the early plays are usually all very good and their early script was not very good and 
then it was almost like he was kind of coaching the game to be a rock fight. And when Alabama started pushing, you know, pushing the ball downfield, Ole Miss just didn't have an answer. I, I was more taken back, though. Like, for instance, if we compare this to Colorado and Oregon, if you listen yeah. to Dion all last week, Dion was not doing the, you know, we're making it personal. Like, Dion was doing a lot of the respecting of the opponent, which suggested to me Dion had watched the film. Man, and he's that's not what you said last week. Yeah. You're like, we're going to get our ass kicked here. This is not, this is not the week to get out over my skis here. Right. On Dion. And right. Al, it, it seemed like to me like Ole Miss did not, did not recognize what they were going into. And that surprised me. Uh, well, what they're going into, uh, let's get to the next one. That's what they're going into. LSU next. LSU beats Arkansas. Last second field goal. Good game, by the way. And and and, and really uh, fun football game. Yeah, really good game. I, I, honestly, this is one where if you're Arkansas, you're I think kicking yourself. You had to, the first half, you had to settle for two field goals. Yep. And then you get the touchdown late in the first half, with 48 seconds to go, and you feel pretty good about yourself. And then you give up a freaking touchdown 18 seconds later. Like, that's a crusher. And then in the second half, uh, Jason Daniels was just really good. Scoring drive on every possession in the second half, including the 72-yard drive for the game-winning field goal. Malik Neighbors is uh, is uh, awesome. And uh, it was a fun football game. Uh, but LSU next against Ole Miss. What did you make of this one, Jeffrey? Um, I'm with you. I think Arkansas has to be kicking themselves because you could sense early LSU, like you'd kind of pop them in the mouth. And the fact that on both of those drives, you just end up taking two field goals. Like I think they even had second and goal maybe from the one or third and goal from the one, and they lose like four yards on the play. Oftentimes in college football, it comes down to how do you finish drives? And it felt like Arkansas didn't finish drives, but LSU did finish drives, and they did more with their scoring chances. I still think the other thing we're going to have to kind of get used to in college football is I think it is going to be more NFL in the sense that it's going to be week to week, and we'll see a team like Arkansas the week before. Like, you lose – you lose 38-31 to BYU, and everyone's kind of thinking sky's falling. 34-31 this week, and you feel better about it. But it's still just kind of I, – I think everyone's just going to make too much and overreact too much to what happened last week versus this week. Ole Miss has a really bad week this week, but if you tell me that Ole Miss shows up and takes advantage of LSU secondary, which is nowhere as good as Alabama's, I'm not – Surprised? Do I expect it? No, but I'm not like stunned. Uh, it's funny. I was talk- I actually talked to Jimmy Sexton this weekend, and he was he was making this point that, and again, like he co- you know, he is all the coaches, right? And I'm sure they think this. Like in the end, particularly the once the ex- playoff expands, you can you can lose three games, yes. still get two, two or three games, and still get the playoff. It will be much more an NFL sensibility, and with the SEC as loaded as it is with good team after good team with good team after good team, 
you're just going to take losses. I mean, that's just true. Yes. It's just, it, it can't be a crisis every time you take a loss. Now, for back to Ole Miss for a second, though, you've got LSU, I think, then Arkansas, right? Like, that's LSU, then Arkansas. And then, by the way, you got Hugh Freeze and Auburn. Right? After a they bye. They've good. got a bye, then After I think that. After a bye, yeah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, if you string together a bunch of losses where you feel like you're getting wins, fans will get restless. Yes, I mean, 100%. Will I mean, that's the whole thing. It's, you know, being cute and fun on Twitter works when you're winning. But when when you're not winning, it makes people very frustrated at a much quicker rate. Uh, how good do you think LSU is? Are they, uh, are they uh, we were talking about who's national champion good, right? And I'm not asking that question. I'm asking you this question. Are they in any way conceivably SEC champion good? Uh, I would say on the outside looking in, but I don't dismiss it. So I think, like, I would say barely. I bet they'd like to play Florida State again. Uh, by the way, we haven't mentioned it, and they're not in our – they're not in our oh, – go ahead. Let's play the next Another uh, barn barn. Washington State 38, Oregon State 35. Cameron Ward, 28 of 34, 404 yards and four touchdowns. He had, I think, like 19 of his first 20. And so then we had a, uh, we're going to get to the Ryan Day thing in a minute, but uh, Washington State coach Dickert, uh, he was, he was going after Lee Corso. Did you see? <laughs> he said, I want to have a conversation with Lee Corso uh, uh, about the value he sees in breaking up the premier Western All Corso said was he called it the no one wants us ball. He didn't actually advocate breaking up the Pac-12. He just said it's the no one wants us ball. It was the no one wants them ball. There were Washington and- fate, State fans with, like, Pac-2 championship game, like, posters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they're making they're making their own jokes, right? right. Exactly. So, um, like, whatever. I, 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 I'm, I understand that it's an emotional time for uh, folks out there, and it stinks. Honestly, it does. It stinks. But, uh, but, uh, what did you make it? You were on the wrong side of this one. But what did you make of this one? This one was Cam Ward was incredible, especially early. They jump up on Oregon State. And to me, like, this was exactly what I'm talking about in terms of so much of college football is what do you do with drives? Early, Washington State was turning all of their drives into touchdowns. Oregon State, which was having unbelievable success running the football, could not finish drives. And they were turning it over, and it allowed Washington State to get a big enough lead to where it didn't feel like, you know, Oregon State makes the furious comeback, but it still just felt like they just dug way too much of a hole. Cameron Ward, NFL quarterback. He, I think he's like he's from Incarnate Word, right? Yes. Isn't he a, so that's yeah, why they brought that whole Word offensive staff. Right? I was about it all over, and um, and it's actually a big dude, uh, NFL quarterback or not. You're my quarterback whisper. I'm I'm intrigued by him. It's always tough though when guys play when guys play truly in the air raid like this. It's it's a tougher feel, but. In terms of the things that you have to be able to do, he does fit the profile. So 
I'm I'm flagging him and and gonna watch more tape. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew on more tape like Jaws would do. Uh, Penn State. We didn't mention them in the roundup. We might have we we could easily have played Penn State's fight song, thirty-one nothing over Iowa. Ran put ninety-seven plays to thirty-three for Iowa. There are teams that run 33 plays in a quarter, Jeff, and Iowa ran them in a game. In a game. 33 plays. Is it uh, is Penn State national champion good? I think that they are. They definitely are from a talent perspective. I'm still not super sold on the quarterback. Um, and Iowa was just so inept that, like, he couldn't really – like, you couldn't make anything of it. It's still – Penn State, Michigan, and I and Ohio State are all going to be defined by what do they do against each other. All right, who are we blowing up? Speaking of. So we're not blowing up because they lost Ohio State. No that shame in that. Happen. I am blowing them up because for the last two defensive plays, did not have enough fellows on the field. Coming and out of a timeout. That, coming out of a timeout. Had 10 men on the field. And uh, and then they kind of recognized it and made the decision not to send in defensive linemen because uh, they didn't want to risk a penalty. Right. Anyway, at that point, when you're on the one, does it make a difference? Would you rather have 10 and half a yard rather than 11 and half a yard rather than 10 and a yard? considering he ran right where the hell the defensive lineman would have been. And furthermore, uh, Ohio State subbed. Once Ohio State subbed, you could have subbed. It was it was, an, it was an incredible brain cramp. Coaching malpractice. Yes. Is that what you call it? Yes. Coaching malpractice. There's no yep. other way to describe it. The, the difference between moving the football up basically the length of the football and having an extra defender in there, like there's no question what anyone on the planet would want. It's insane. Especially when Ohio State had trouble blocking your front. Well, here's what's interesting is that, um, <laughs> is that, uh, uh, do we have the Ryan Day rant, by the way? We is do. Ryan indeed. Day afterwards goes after uh, uh, Lou Holtz. Here he is. This one wasn't going to be easy, but it came down to the wire. And what can you say about the performance from your quarterback, Kyle McCord, to finish that drive? Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against been. the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. What did they prove to you tonight in this victory that you'll take away toughness. and run with? Toughness. Everybody's questioning these kids all the time. We had one bad half the last couple years. That's it. Everybody wants to question these guys. These guys are warriors right here to come back and win. This kid right here to come back in the second half and win. I'm emotional about this for a reason. A lot of people question these kids and say a lot of things about them. I love them. When someone attacks your family to come in and win like this is special. It's a great win for our program and a great win for Ohio State. Can you take us through the play call to run the ball on fourth down? What was behind the decision to do that for you? I'll take a deep breath now. (laughs) So when we got down there, we had... We had no timeouts, and I felt like we had a chance to maybe, you know, sprint out to to get Marv the ball. We wanted to get Marvin the ball. He's the best receiver in football. But then with three seconds left, we knew that was the last play, and I felt like they could have been a little bit soft inside. we got to make a yard. We had four opportunities. 
two down here and two down here to get first downs. We didn't do it, and we had to get it right there. We got it. We won the game, and I'm just so happy for our team. Coach, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your patience. <laughs> Absolutely unhinged. Absolutely unhinged to go after 76-year-old Lou Holtz, who just said what everyone knows, which is that this Ohio State team, and you just said they had a hard time uh, blocking uh, Notre Dame's front. Oh, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State has, over the last few years, had spectacular athletes and been, for a program of that caliber, soft. And, and it was just hilarious to see Ryan Dagg going after Lou Holtz. Uh, I'd like to know where uh, Lou Holtz would like to know where he is. What did you make of all of that, Jeffrey? First off, nothing Lou Holtz said is is any worse than what Jim Harbaugh has said. I don't know. Like, to me, the thing that I didn't really like about that, it's like one thing to it's one thing to you know prop your guys up. It felt like everything he was saying was just answering his own criticism, not his team's criticism, right. and that's what made it feel like like he was using the he was using his team as a shield. You're exactly right. Sometimes you nail it exactly right. He was using his – this is what people were saying about Ryan Day's teams. They weren't saying that, yes, they were not criticizing the players. They were saying this about Ryan Day's team. And he was uh, infuriated by the criticism. And listen, after that kind of a win, I don't – you know, it's, it's perfectly understandable why he was as emotional as he was. Um, this is the kind of thing from a Notre Dame perspective, though. It can stick and define a head coach. Like I asked you last week, who this, was more, who this is more important for. And it's going to, like, on his, like, I don't know how the rest of his career is going to go. But unless he, you know, wins a national title or something, it's going to be, oh, yeah, he's the guy who couldn't count to 11. Right? 100%. I mean, especially when you consider part of the criticism last year was the yeah, maybe maybe he gets the players, but is he is he going to be able to do the job on game day? This is one that is very difficult to forget. Because in the end, it wasn't like they got the yard because they just manned up. Like at least like with the bush push, you can sit there and go like, "All right, well, they had to they had to kind of break a rule to beat us." This one was we didn't have enough guys on the field. I gotta be better. It's on us. We gotta be better. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have eleven else. on the field out of a timeout. Yeah, you do. It's crazy. Um, all right, uh, Chris Harrington coming up next. Uh, straight up at ten o'clock, and then I will rejoin the. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.